You've been lied to, but you don't know how. You've searched, you've struggled, you've cried out. You want the truth, but where is it? You've wandered, you've fought, you've strived, and you have not been satisfied. What is truth? Where is truth? Who is truth? The kingdom of God. Mind control. The last days. Higher dimensions. Unity. The power of faith. Discovering the truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. God has promised that he will hide us under his feathers and under his wings we will trust. His truth shall be our shield and our buckler. Discovering the Truth with Dan Devon is the premier program that is designed to center you on the kingdom of God, to equip you with faith in Jesus Christ, and to unveil the truth behind the lies. This program is designed to show you how to become more than you have ever imagined through the power of truth. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. And now, prepare for your host, Dan Duvall. You're listening to Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall. This program is designed to center you on the kingdom of God, to equip you with faith in Jesus Christ, and to unveil the truth. Behind the Lies, this program is a production of Bride Ministries, and you can find us at www.bridemovement.com and, of course, at www.thefireplacechurch.org, where every Sunday night at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, we're having a great time, and if you're not there, you're square. That's it. That's all I have to say. Done. Now, listen, guys. Uh, we have an upcoming opportunity for you to enjoy advanced spiritual warfare training. Now, let me tell you something. We created advanced spiritual warfare material for our Bride Ministries discipleship graduates only. And it was very high level, very advanced stuff. And I thought, you know, last year I'm thinking, look, uh, the, the world isn't ready for this. It's just a lot. It's way out there. Uh, but I will make it available to those that have a foundation for it. So we only made it available to Bride Discipleship graduates. But for this year, God has said, my people are ready, Daniel, and it's time to shift gears. So we're just going for the glory, guys. We're just putting it all out there. We're putting it all out there. Bride Ministries is putting it out there in 2017. What does that mean? That March 17th through 19th, that's Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, I am taking the two advanced spiritual warfare trainings that we had developed only for Bride Discipleship graduates, and I'm making it available to everybody. Anybody can take this training, and it's a whole weekend, guys. I mean, this is a conference that is going to leave you with your uh, jaw on the floor, your head's going to be spinning. I mean, it's going to be great. Really cool. And you know what? We're going to be talking about how to engage 
heavenly powers, how to understand realms in the context of spiritual warfare, how to secure deliverance from reptilian genetics, how to secure deliverance from draconian genetics, how to execute timeline correction. We're going to arm you with a large assortment of spiritual weapons. I mean, guys, this is going to take your warfare to another level. Let me tell you something. This is two courses put together to make one weekend long conference. I'm telling you, it's a lot of material. The manual is 93 pages long. You are getting a book in, in, in the process of um, signing up for this weekend. And I mean, it's not like a, you know, <laughs> read this for your viewing pleasure kind of book. I mean, these are just bang, 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 strategy, 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 explanation, mechanics, the word of God, top to bottom, because all of our spiritual weapons are what? Based on the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And so in going to the higher levels, we have to go to deeper revelation in the word. And that's what this course is going to give you. So March 17th through 19th, where can you sign up? If you're on our email list, you're going to get an email about it. If you want to visit our website, bridemovement.com, you can just go there right on the front page. You'll see a banner. Then you see that you'll see a little explanation explanation, a blurb about the conference. Go there. You'll find a button. You could sign up. I hope to see you guys there. We're going to only have 95 seats in this conference. So um, I'm praising God. <laughs> they all sell. But you know, folks, I mean, this is really a, an opportunity to, to get trained, to get equipped, to get the word and to have fellowship because it's going to be live discussion. Every conference I do, it's not just me talking only. It's dialogue. Ask the people that have been there if you know any of them. I mean, it's open forum for questions. I take questions as I'm going through the teaching. And of course, we get into all kinds of weirdness and, and, you know, people get to ask all the questions they've had bottled up forever. And it's like, well, how does this work? And how did that work? And what about that one, Dan Duvall? Have you ever heard of this before? And answer is probably, yeah. You know, sometimes it's no. And then we have a really great discussion. So I want to encourage you guys to sign up for the Advanced Spiritual Warfare Weekend Conference coming up March 17th through 19th. Now, uh, we are going to have a survivor on the program today that I've never had on before. Let me tell you something. The bravery of this woman is off the charts. I am really looking forward to introducing her to you guys. Um, before we get to her, I want to remind you, you can get our books at brightmovement.com and thefireplacechurch.org. Also, uh, we've been having a great time with discipleship this uh, round, and um, I, I, I'm just really excited because I know that God is just moving. 2017 is going to be a big year, guys. Let me tell you, it is going to be a big year. You just wait. With that said, we are going to get to the program. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall.
I'm sitting here, folks, with a survivor that you have not heard from before on Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall. I'm very excited. Uh, folks, I am about to have a conversation with Hope. And Hope is somebody that has seen, well, we'll just call it depths of the Illuminati. She has an incredible story that I am becoming familiar with at this time. And man, oh man, is she going to leave your jaws on the floor with what she has to say. Now, I've said that before with some of my other programs. And you know what? I'm usually right, guys. So just prepare yourselves. I'm going to say this one thing before we get started. We're going to be talking about some heavy stuff. And there's going to be some things discussed on this program that are going to be difficult to hear. And so I'm giving that uh, little disclaimer before we get started. Now, let me tell you something. I met Hope when I visited Global Fire Church in Tennessee last year. And I actually got to, you know, shake her hand, meet her in person. And uh, more recently, she actually began working with Ruthie, one of our Bride DID coaches. And I've done a number of sessions with her as well. In, and, and in that, I've been able to get familiar with her. Folks, I'm not going to delay this any further. You know, Hope, I just so appreciate you and your bravery. Welcome to Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall. Thank you so much, Daniel. I really do. It's a definitely an answer to prayer to be able to, to do this and to to actually bring the truth out in the open so that people can actually be aware of what's going on in, in our country. Well, you know, Hope, one of the things that we're here to do is discover the truth. And one of, what I've found is that it is a discovery process. You think you know something and then you meet somebody and then you realize what you thought you knew doesn't count anymore. And and you're you're just one of those people that really shake things up with, well, what you've experienced and seen firsthand. And I actually want to get into your information and story from the beginning. One of the profound things I have found about you, Hope, is that you actually have pieced together your story. You have a lot of memories a lot of revelation, a lot of understanding about what actually happened. And um, you've actually pieced things together in a chronology dating back to what I would call preconception. And so we're just going to begin your story there and work through it. Now, let's just start here. You actually have an understanding that you began in a petri dish. Can you tell us how you came to that conclusion, how it worked that you got these memories back, and then what the memories were? Absolutely. Um, I would say, um, I mean, pretty much my entire life has been hell, but I, but as far as the deepest level um um, this pretty much took the longest for the Lord to really bring back um, to me so that you know, he just prepared me uh, a little at a time uh, so that I would be able to, to handle it, be able to deal with it. Um, but yes, I mean, recently um, uh, I had layers and layers and layers of programming uh, about uh, 
you know, my conception and, you know, kind of even where I came from and, and, uh, my, uh, you know, DNA, my biological, um, you know, history, but, um, and recently the Lord made it very clear. And, um, of course, along with that, every time he puts a piece together, I always have lots of emotions, uh, lots of, um, information that comes along with it so he makes it very clear that this is not just something that is uh something i just came up in my mind or just out of the blue it's not something anybody would want to to uh think of much less have endured but i i um the lord really showed me how at um my conception they had specifically taken all the different DNA from all of the different um, airing Illuminati um, uh, backgrounds, all of the different uh, types of uh, bloodlines that they wanted to continue um, on this earth to make a chosen race, to make a, a, a perfect race. Um, of course, their whole goal is they want... Um, this 100% they say pure uh, bloodline uh, to rid the earth of all other bloodlines so um, they had actually taken a mixture of all of that to actually conceive me um, and uh, when they did that they actually included DNA of my programmers um, so they would have a very good um, story as to why I physically looked like them, um, uh, the, my programmers, which, and I'll say in quotations, denial world, um, and what I mean by that to everybody looking at us would have looked like a normal, perfect little family, but they were actually programmers, and they, they actually were from Germany, and spoke behind closed doors spoke German and uh, tortured me uh, from conception all the way until I was able to get free. So, mm-hmm. And that's just to give you a foundation of, of what, you know, what that whole basis was for. Thank you so much for that hope. Now, mm-hmm. you, you, you're starting off with just doing a really great job. I do want to highlight something for you folks that are listening. If you listen to what she said, you will realize that when the Lord is bringing someone through a healing journey, the memories of truth accompany healing and deliverance. And that's the confirmation. Uh, Someone out there I, I really appreciate, Mary Lake, says, God will not heal based on a lie. And so the healing of the Lord is the uh, evidence of the truth coming forth, which is how many survivors have the confirmation of the validity or veracity of the story that is coming back to them, even though at times it can seem so strange or different when compared to what they are told is supposed to be true. And so, Hope, I, I thank you for bringing that up. And also, I want to ask about the petri dish did you have 
any revelation or mm, understanding of the location of where the uh, genetics were combined. For example, do you know if it was even on this planet or somewhere else? Well, as far as what that all the details that the Lord really has shown me is that um, from conception on until I was about four years old, they did place me in a hospital. So all of my memories are, you know, within a hospital. But I do know that he showed me very clearly that they infused uh, my blood, um, uh, made it to where all of my organs, all of that um, would be infused with this different DNA and then would actually project out into uh, different regions of the world. Um, so not only were, would they be able to physically uh, torture me, but uh, spiritually they were connecting my DNA to different regions of the world and different people throughout the world so that they could connect me um, and keep me bound. Uh, it's another way that they do that. They, um, they create, uh, you know, connections that aren't, aren't actually a physical connection. It's more of like a, a spiritual connection that's out, um, astral projected out. So then, uh, they're able to actually get away with a lot of things because in the spirit realm things aren't you know they're they're not seen so they actually astral project out into uh, the atmosphere uh, connect with you as they astral project you or your DNA out and combine that and continually are reproducing that so it it is just like a a spiritual reproduction kind of as well. The way you articulate that, my gosh. And, and now, folks, you, you understand why I, I'm really not that crazy when I talk about things like freedom from Illuminati bloodline genetics, mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> which actually hope we have used um, in, in some of the work we, we've done. So, you know, I... I'm really excited to have you on Hope, and and I want to continue moving into this story now. Uh, can you talk about um, the the Mary component of your programming? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so from really from conception, they're continually speaking over you. Um, um, they're they're. Their biggest hatred is for Jesus and for God, of course. So um, th the best way that they can hurt God and hurt Jesus is by actually tormenting his children, tormenting his DNA, tormenting um, his church, tormenting um, you know anything having to do with him that he cares for. So um, as far as all the way back to conception with the DNA, they they considered it like a Mary. Um, I, I was continually spoken over that I was a, a Mary that was carrying out their DNA. Um, part of that, the reason they do that, is because they want you to have this false um, pride. Because uh, like, everybody wants to be accepted. Everybody wants to be loved. 
um, you know, uh, if you know you came from the petri dish, you don't feel very loved and accepted. You, they made me feel um, at times where I, that I was evil, but at times they wanted to give me this false pride. So they, um, it, it's really a a merry um, role, is what they call it, um, that we were continually waiting until I would breed with their Jesus. So they use all the same things as the church. They use all the same uh, phrase words as Christians to try to confuse your mind. Um, but I, I would breed with their supposed Jesus that would cause this perfect generational line to continue on and on and on, which, of course, we know uh, that wasn't Jesus, but Satan. But they want to continually uh, create a confusion about Jesus's, um, you know, persona and who he is and, and what he's about and uh, his character. So I, my biggest goal in life was to finally get to a place to where I would be able to agree with Jesus and then I would actually become one of them. I would be able to be this perfect race that would continue to go on and I would be loved and cared for and accepted and not evil any longer. So from the very point of, uh, of them doing that DNA, they do a lot of rituals, a lot of incantations, a lot of spoken word continually about how, you know, um, you can be us, you know, so it's something that they continually, um, that's how they continually torment and tortured us. Now, when you tell me they say you can be us, are you talking about spirit beings and fallen angelic class type entities? Um, or are you talking about humans that are programmers within the Illuminati or just like we could even create other categories? You tell me. Well, specifically, when I say that, I'm, I'm talking about the programmers and their concept of who they are. They really think that they are God, that they have that perfect genetic line, and that they are above everyone else. Um, they believe that they are the one chosen race that is above all others. Um, and, uh, yeah, so specifically, I'm talking about that. I mean, of course, they do a lot of torture and everything else to try for us to try to want to be um, spirit beings and things like that because they put a lot of um, emphasis on getting us to want want the demons to want the power and all of that. But always, there's always a twist of uh, there's some good that we can do with it. So if you had to summarize the importance of DNA and blood from an Illuminati perspective. How would you summarize the importance of it? I would 100% say that is number one to them. That is um, their whole goal and everything that they have wrapped up in it is um, that they themselves um, just like Satan did after he you know he he saw himself as God um, that he was 
just like God, had just as much control as God and wanted to be God. And that is truly, um, that is everything they do. That is their complete and total, um, whether it has to do with the, the sexual things or the torture or all of that, it all comes back to the fact that they, um, that blood, that DNA, they see themselves as God, as tra- trans transcending him really now let me ask you this um and and of course this is slightly a a biased question because i have you know developed prayer resources on our website bridemovement.com i i put up one called freedom from reptilian genetics uh that's essentially a non-human genetic code and bloodline now in your experience, do you see that they are playing around with both human and non-human genetics and bloodlines with those that they're working with? Yeah, absolutely. I um, believe that the Lord showed me that they did actually um, mix that those bloodlines in as well. Um, so, yes, I, I 100% believe Again, anybody that thinks they're God is going to um, do whatever they can to um, to pretty much um, discredit God and to because you know they want to make every everybody look to them. So they're constantly thinking of ways to take the perfect creation and twist it. Now, here's another component of what. You, you you were telling me that they did. And, and it has to do with what are known as the mountains of influence. Now, how did their manipulation of DNA in you connect you into mountains of influence? Can you explain what that is and what that means? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, the work really showed me um, with every... Um, every choice that they make as far as the DNA, they want to make sure that their DNA, uh, their chosen DNA is connected to every single um, influence within the world. Uh, For example, um, movies, Hollywood, they want everything um, that pertains to Hollywood, they want to be in control of that. So of course, if their DNA is kind of woven in throughout all of that and they have the, they're, they're controlling that and making the choices over that then um, they're going to have the power and the control um, for example all the movies that um, you see now a lot of people are like uh, well that's just a horror movie or uh, that's just a sci-fi movie but it's actually parts and pieces of rituals that they've actually done uh, a lot of movies uh, that I've seen bits and pieces of, I could say I've been in a ritual exactly like that before. Um, the, they, what the Lord showed me is that the DNA that they mix, they actually astral project that out as well, just like the uh, they do with the organs and with the blood, they astral project that out. They can go into the atmosphere, meet, convene there, and... Um, 
talk about how they're going to take that specific sphere of influence because anymore you know as we know with all the things going on now um emails can get hacked into um computers can get hacked into uh phones but if you project into the atmosphere and you convene on a certain frequency then you can talk about things that you don't want anybody else to, to know about and so they will do that and come up with ways that they can actually really program people's minds um, to where when uh, people like me uh, that are here on the earth that have been programmed, um, they'll say, oh, they just got that from the movie or, oh, um, they just watched that movie and that's how they're getting that. So, you know, it's really a, a slow and continued program over people's minds here you know in our country uh, they want those mountains of influence so that they can keep people from actually knowing their plans okay now i'm going to back up here w- mm-hmm. what you're saying I- i'm having you know some fireworks go off in my own head mm-hmm. when you talk about organs astral projecting in what they do are, are you suggesting that there is say, uh, you know, like you have a liver in your body and that liver can astral project out into the spirit and it's the, like, a, I, don't, I don't know, uh, an interface to your physical liver, but it's your liver in the spirit and, it, and it's astral projected out into the atmosphere like its own realm, maybe like a room people can walk into. Is that what you're suggesting? Right. Yeah, exactly. Because then they control every part of your body. They control, um, I mean, they control everything. And specifically, they they focus on uh, the mind and they focus on the body because, as you know, I mean, I'm sitting here, the Lord kept my spirit intact. I mean, of course, they try to you know, push it down as much as they could, but that's one area that they cannot control. So they're really trying to use my mind and my body and um, get that under their control as much as possible. Um, So yes, yeah, absolutely. Now, let me ask you this. Can they astral project a certain organ or maybe even say like, um, the reproductive area of a woman and anchor it to a geography on the earth. Yes, absolutely. I mean, that's what I, I think the Lord showed me specifically. They, uh, the, the female uh, anatomy, I mean, for me, was the biggest systems of all, of course, because they um, connect that... Um, they do a lot of programming that is actually the heart um, and they also they just want continual reproduction to be going on so yes they actually they do um, they pretty much create a whole system around your your female area and they they try to split that as much as possible so that they can actually continually re- reproduce um, you know, as far as an astral projection and all of that. Um, so yeah, absolutely. 
One last question before we move on. What can you tell me about spirit children? Well, um, that is another area that um, they use against uh, victims in a huge way because as a victim, you don't have anybody at all. You know, you're completely alone. You, you know, your DNA is in mix. Your uh, or your DNA is there under their control. Um, but they they are very um, uh, uh, diabolical, I'd say, but worse. Um, and they want to to use your feelings against you. So yes, they. Um, Specifically, when they ask to project you out, they want you to want to reproduce. Um, they want you to want spirit children um, because that they're able to do more when your will is kind of with what they their agenda is. Um, of course, um, so that you know they do cause spirit children, but. In every instance where that has happened for me, they have made me think um, that it is a, a real child, a, a child that I should cover and I should um, protect and at all costs um, instead of truly uh, being the demonic thing that they were trying to do. Um, and, and the whole reason for that is because they want that to stay around. Uh, because they want their bloodline to continue on, because it's it's not um, it's not what God intended. Um, so they just use your your emotion and your uh, the wounds that they've created against you. Let me tell you something, folks. Uh, spirit children is something that I have absolutely had to acknowledge as real, one hundred percent, in attempting to help survivors uh, because they all have them. And um, it's a very real thing. Uh, thank you so much, Hope, for saying that. Now, I want to come back to where we kind of left off because we introduced your story and we said, okay, you began with a revelation that you were actually assembled genetically in a Petri dish. And that was for very specific reasons, the purpose that they had for your life. Now, after that, you were inserted now, can you tell us about who they inserted you into and the purpose behind that? Yeah, absolutely. So um, my DNA, um, and this is something that um, the Lord was very, very, very clear. I mean, very specific on all of these memories. Um, they inserted my DNA into a lady that was actually um, a breeder. Um, so she, of course, wasn't my biological mom. They did, um, do a lot of programming, a lot of torture to get me to, um, cling to her and feel like that she was my biological mom. Um, because even at that DNA level and even as, you know, as a child in your, in the womb, I really feel like without a doubt you can feel whether you're wanted or you're a part of something. So they wanted me to bond with her. Uh, they wanted me to bond at a very deep level 
uh, for the torture that they were getting ready to do. Um, so anyway, they did insert the DNA, and uh, she was a breeder, um, and they would... Um, she, the Lord, since in this whole process, the Lord showed me that she actually was a victim herself. Um, she, uh, when she um, was was carrying me, um, she was very loving to me. That actually allowed her to do that, um, which caused a very strong bond even in the womb. Um, uh, as that was going on at the same time, uh, my program pro, programmers would um, continue to tell, say over and over that I was the seed of Satan, that I was evil, that I didn't deserve to live, that I should die. Um, so they would insert um, what they called EVOL, shock. Um, you hear the shock therapy that they have now, or whatever. This is really shock um, torture so they would insert something in her and electrocute me within the womb even um, as early as that they would electrocute uh, whichever side of my body they would be speaking things over so for example if they were electrocuting the left side of my body which they um, set aside that side of my body they said the left side because you know, God is always associated with the right hand. Um, the left side was evil, and it was completely and totally dark and had no way of becoming good. And so they would torture the side and continually say that over and over and over again. Now, when they would do the torture on the right hand, or the right side of my body, they would say, um, pretty much, your mom loves you, um, you know, those kind of things to where it would make me bond more with her. Um, and then, I know it's hard to believe, but they would also do sexual things uh, towards me within the womb to where um, they would pair um, the sexual feelings with the torture. Um, and, and the whole reason they were doing that is just to cause a, a great confusion in my mind of, not understanding the pain and the sex feelings and actually causing a very strong guilt and shame. Um, so, um, and if I go on too much, please stop me. But um, No, continue. So they would just, okay. They would continually push me back into the womb. Um, it was like pushing. They wanted me to know over and over, we don't want you. We hate you. We don't want you. Um, so even until where I was being born and they would continually, continually, they were pushing me and, and keeping me from being, being born. Um, and then all, all up until the time where I was coming out, they wrapped the cord around my neck, um, and they would call me that I was the blue baby and that I caused death everywhere I went and then at that point they killed my mom um, so this deep 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 sadness and this deep deep shame and guilt that I am this hideous evil uh, DNA that caused my mother to die you know and um, she wasn't able to 
to actually so I suppressed all the all the DNA stuff because I wanted so bad for her to be my biological mother. So that took a long time for the Lord to really bring out. Um, but he did show me, which is really amazing, and I wept and wept when this happened. He did show me a picture of my mom and um, that she's actually in heaven with him. And um, so I will get to see her one day. So I am an extremely... You know, I can't wait for that day. So, I'm sure there's a lot more that that's there. But um, uh, was that kind of what you were wanting? You know. Wow. Um, yeah, you know, Hope. Of course, I am very sorry for what you went through, and of course, we're only at the beginning. Uh, there is no low these people don't sink to folks to hurt and harm others in order to advance their twisted agendas um and i am just continually in awe of jesus christ and his power to redeem i, I just, just put it simply and you know okay so hope this was your birth mother but then you were raised by another woman whose DNA was already in you mm-hmm. from when they put you together. Right. Um, the people that um, people say raised me, um, uh, that that's definitely not the word for it. But the people that um, tortured me and were my programmers were actually, to the world, would have looked like were my parents. Um, um, and like we had a perfect, you know, a perfect family, um, but it was 100% opposite than that, unfortunately. So, um, it's, yeah, go ahead. No, no, so so you mentioned that the first four years of your life you spent in a hospital. Um, how did you? get those memories back and 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 if you were there for that amount of time was there a back and forth between the people that raised you or did they come into the picture a little later how did that all play out no actually the people that were my program excuse me my programmers wherever they're from the whole petri dish i mean the lord showed me that very clearly um they did try to uh, cause a separation in my mind to see them on the different sides of my brain. Uh, so on the left side, I saw them and I, I knew that they were the programmers, but on the right side, they um, tortured me and programmed me to um, see them as this perfect family um, that pretty much uh, they would put me back where I came from in the petri dish that is a mixed breed that we that could be done away with at any moment if I didn't do and say and be everything that they told me to do, be and say. Um, you know, um, all from the from that entire time I was in the hospital, um, they tried to what they would do is they would have like masks on. Um, like they were the doctor or they were the nurse. Um, of course, when you have those on, you can't see the face. So 
they would try to cause a division in my mind that they were actually different than these people that will walk in later and um, and act like they were, you know, actually my parents and pick me up and then, you know, there was never anything that was ever good, not for one second. If they came in and act like my parents and then at one point they would begin to... Um, to sexually, you know, stimulate me, abuse me in some way. Um, and the whole point of that is the right side. They, you know, they wanted that to be controlled with the sexual um, part so that, that they, um, my right side would continually forget and would not remember at all because of the guilt and the shame that they had already planted <laughs> from the time, you know, I was born. So... It was very strategic, very um, deliberate, a, a very huge plan. Um, and as I've heard, there's lots and lots of people like me. Um, it's not just on a small scale. It's a very big plan um, uh, to deliberately, a little, a little at a time, take over this country and, and to cause this uh, country to be under different leadership and it's definitely not God so um, was there anything specific you wanted me to talk about about the hospital or and, uh, well you're, you're just getting into it you, and mm-hmm. you know Hope I'm I'm listening to you and, and so I mean this is really horrible because these people that raised you were also your programmers you're saying they would be in the hospital with masks on doing evil and then they would put on different costumes act like your parents and then pick you up in more evil i mean and they were behind all of this the whole time absolutely mm-hmm. and yeah. um okay so let's let's move a little bit deeper into this um mm-hmm. What were some of the things that happened in the hospital? Okay. Um, of course, as you know, I mean, the basis of the way we think and the way we do things is pretty much um, decided in those first four years. And so the main reason why they take us, to, you know, they start out in the hospital and they want all of that time to be spent there is because they can actually program all of this into us and so then when they do initiate initiate us into society all of that deep level programming is already there so they don't have to um, continually be doing the torture they can speak a word they can uh, show us a color um, you know, any type of hand gesture, anything like that, it will trigger that memory. Uh, believe me, there's still torture going on, but it, it's actually uh, the main level of torture and everything is set. Um, the 24 hours of torture is set in the hospital because they're doing other things once they get us out of there. But um, so pretty much when I was in the hospital, um, a lot of the programming that I went through um, was 
to completely and totally um, distort who God was to me. Um, they said that the hospital um, was heaven, and you know God had sent me there because my DNA wasn't in the chosen. Uh, you know, wasn't perfect yet. I hadn't hadn't done the um, breeding yet. I wasn't good enough yet. So I had to go through this you know, through this period where they would get me prepared. Um, and so, um, you know, everybody was dressed in white in the hospital setting and everything was white and they would, um, uh, you know, as an infant, the Lord showed me, um, they would just, they would feed me semen. Um, they would say that that's all, you know, that all, that's all I deserved. Um, you know, uh, that's what I came from, and I didn't serve anything else, and, um, you know, what I was made for was, you know, sex, and and there wasn't any other purpose for my life. Um, they put me in, and it was like a glass case, um, and um, that's when they started doing, even from an infant, started doing all of the programming as far as movements if I moved a certain way um, moved at all they would um, electrocute me so I learned by voice command to move only when they told me to move and I and I learned that if I cry I would be electrocuted so I was only allowed to cry uh, when they made certain hand gestures um, and then at, even at that point, they would continually be saying, oh, you're just faking it. Uh, your heart is so evil. You're, continue, you're faking. You're, you're not even feeling pain. So they try to create this thing of, of I don't know who I am. I don't know what I want. Really to create a robot, to, to, be, to do everything that they say, when they say to do it, how they say to do it, and to not even know what is your real feelings, what's your real desires. Um, and then they would tell you what, what your real feelings, what your real desires were. Um, a lot of the times um, um, they would take us to rooms that they would call hell. Um, in those rooms, um, they would quote scripture, you know, pretty much all about um, murder, you know, you know how you would get sent to hell um, and um, they and, you know this is really detailed but they would um, put body parts and dismembered people in, in those rooms with us um, and of course there's you know there's torment there's torment of being in a room by yourself completely and then all of these body parts um, in there and um, there's this terror of being left alone um, because when they would come back in, they would say, see all these dead people, you're the reason that happened. You know, you fell asleep and you, you killed them and you're completely evil. So we do need to control you. We do need to, we have to do this. You should be happy. You should be glad that you have somebody that wants to control you, that wants to do this because you're going to be doing um, this all your life. Um, so to me, the biggest fear was being, it sounds 
horrible. But mm-hmm. the biggest fear was when they weren't in the room because when they weren't in the room, I was tormented every second about what am I doing? Like, what am I killing people? Am I torturing people? Am I doing those things that they're saying I'm doing? I just went to sleep, but maybe there's something that's so evil inside of me that goes and do, you know, does these things and I don't even know it and I don't know how to control myself, you know, and so that's the whole basis of their uh, way that they control your mind because then you feel like that you have to have them in order to not be evil. Um, And this... And... This is yeah. all happening between the ages of zero and four? Yes, yes. Okay. I'm sorry. I just had to bring that point out so that people that are listening understand the reality of the situation. This would right. be extremely I mean, horrible for an adult to go through. Right. Well, I mean, you... Um... Just by hearing a little bit of that, I mean, that's just one of millions of memories, but just hearing that, you can understand why um, people, you know, the whole reason why people don't get free very, you know, hardly ever is it's just because um, you, there's a fear of getting free, that which is done intentionally, and then there's this layer after layer of programming to try to keep you from ever, you know, anybody ever knowing what's going on. My gosh. Okay. I'm sorry I interrupted you. You were telling us about the ways they laid in foundational programming that they intended to use to manipulate you all your life in the hospital. You can go ahead and pick up where you left off, Hope. Okay, well, another way another way that they would do a lot of programming, I mean, just to backtrack just a little bit, mm-hmm. as far as uh, the room that they would call hell, um, that's something that they would use over and over and over throughout my life. Um, you really don't want to go back to hell, do you? Like, if I would start to, they would think at all that I wasn't doing something specifically exactly the way they told me to. You, you don't want to go back to hell, do you? And remember, in hell, you don't know what you're doing, you know. And, and, and in my mind, that was that literally was hell. Um, because the worst thing to me would be for me to be hurting people and me not to know it. You know, I, I that was terror. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, a lot they do a lot with cameras I mean they put cameras on, on you all the time um, with the cameras of course they can do a lot of editing and everything to make it look like you truly were the one in that room that was doing something you know make show the back of you and they have a wig you know and, and the reason I know this now is because Mm-hmm. God has taken me back into those memories and said, "Hope oh, that wasn't even you." Oh my. You know, and but in my mind, it was me in that video that did those things. You know, so I mean, they use cameras. They set up cameras, and then they tell you that you on the camera. You you killed those people. 
Um, that's why we have to have the cameras on you all the time. Um, and, um, you know, even more into like the military program and where they put like water drip on my head over, you know, tie me down and let water drip and drip and drip and drip on my head and then pair it with, uh, machines that stimulate, you know, my sexual part. So every time I heard a, you know, a drip or if any time I heard a clock or any time I heard, um, somebody chewing gum it would bring up those sexual feelings which cause guilt and shame and you know and that's another way that they would make me think that I was you know just horrible um wow. yeah and then um of course you know that anything at all to make you feel like that you're um you know pretty much the devil yourself because you know the whole the whole, um, their whole goal is that DNA and, and they ingrain that into you that, you know, you don't have the chosen DNA. So, of course, you're evil. Um, you know, they'd poke, they'd poke your eyes with needles and make them look red. They would shave my head and kept me in rooms to... Uh, without food and then put a mirror in my face and say you know look you are a demon you are evil you know this is who you are so I mean it's just continually over and over I mean once I was out of the hospital there was still torture on a daily basis but this is foundational stuff to where you know like for example today if you Mm -hmm. had if Mm -hmm. you smelled bread you know if you had a good situation with bread you know a good memory you would have all these great feelings about it but for me bread was when you know they would take the dough and like suffocate somebody with it Mm. you know so every single thing every smell every uh sound everything would be paired to something that would bring back um something very traumatic you know and and that is control that is so key. You know, there are a lot of people, even people that listen to this program, Hope, a lot of people are in different phases of breaking out of dissociation, breaking out of denial mm-hmm. regarding the things they've been through. And oftentimes people are asked the question, well, what are some of the signs that you're in denial and you are dissociated if you don't know that you are? And what you just brought up is something so huge. Triggers that don't make sense. You know, for a normal person, you know, I mean, bread can be a trigger because every time you smell bread, yes. uh, You know you're about to eat some delicious bread and it's going to warm your mouth and make your belly feel good. You know, okay, that's that's that actually is a trigger you could smell bread and be like ah, i love that you know or even the smell of coffee in the morning can be a, a positive mm-hmm. trigger it, it's like yes i'm going to drink that and then i'm going to feel a bit more aware because i'm going to get a hit of caffeine but then there are negative triggers like you know well you grew up with a sibling that left their socks on the floor every day so now you get married your husband leaves the socks on the floor and boom you're mm-hmm. mad at them just like you were mad at your 
uh, sibling that did it and drove you nuts all your childhood. Like that's a negative trigger. And the response to the stimuli can have very little logic behind it based on present circumstances. It's just irrelevant. It's over the top. You folks, when you have trigger responses to things and there is no logic to why you are responding the way you are, that's a sign that there are things you have dissociated from. And um, go ahead. Was there more you wanted to add, Hope? Well, I just would you know, encourage people to ask Jesus, what is that about? I mean, that's what I had to do a lot is like, you know, if I, for example, get up in the morning, I'm like, I can't decide what color to wear. Well, that was torture. If I wore red, that meant that I wanted sex. If I wore black, that meant I was going to be evil that day. If I wore, you know, all the different colors, there was some kind of meaning to it well of course I would have a hard time deciding you Mm. know but I had to it's like I had to ask the Lord okay why why am I feeling this why am I reacting this way to this or why is this so hard you know what is it that it's why am I feeling this way and he's very faithful he always brings you know, brings it up. It may not be that moment or that day, but it may be a week later and he puts all the pieces together. Right. Right. And, 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 mm, you know, you, you've hit on so many key points, Hope. Now, I want to ask you this. Okay. So, in some of the current movies that are coming out, say, uh, with X-Men, for instance, they always picture it as you have these mutants with this genetic ability to be superhuman, but they don't realize what's in them until they go through some kind of high stress situation, some kind of torment, some in, in some cases torture, to activate what is encoded into them as mutant genes okay so just the concept i'm asking the question did these people think that they were activating abilities in you that were seeded into your dna that they put together by putting you through all of the torture and the trauma and the programming they subjected you to I definitely, I feel like that it was very um, manipulated and very pointed, absolutely. And I think that all of these movies are specifically so that victims will watch them and they, all of that programming will begin to come, you know, forth and it's just another reinforcement of all of it. Um, it, it, in the, in the, the movies and their timing and when they come out, it's not just by happenstance. It's specific to what their agenda is right in that moment and that time. Okay. Fair enough. Did that answer your question? Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, you hope you're doing a great job here. Okay. So we're just going to take another step forward. Um, what was their, I mean, desired end 
when the season of being in the hospital ended at four, what did they want to get out of you in that season? And do you think they were successful? Um, yeah, at that point they were. They wanted a finished product. And what I mean by that is, as programmers, they want to be able to take their product all over the world and show it off. Now, what that means is they're gonna, they took, you know, they're going to take you to different locations, different gatherings, different um, events in the Illuminati world, and test you know, that the programming that they actually did and see how well it worked because that's the way they find out what works and what doesn't work. It's kind of like uh, Mingala and all of the different testing that they did. It's the exact same thing, It's that, but that's how they get their rush and they, how they get their status. Uh, they, you know, they take us to different places and show off their finished product and if you know if it passes the test uh, through the torture if you say the things that you're supposed to say and do the things you're supposed to do um, then they get status and they get uh, prestige from that and um, so that is another component to what they do wow now do you remember what some of these events were like that you were taken to? How did they play out? Well, I mean, the first one that comes to my mind is, for example, I mean, this would be on in, you know, a few years, but for example, you have the Kentucky Derby. They're going to dress you up and they're going to see how well you interact in the setting um, if your program will break down if you're able to be all the things that they want you to be you know be outgoing be um, a normal person in that situation um, and then once they do that um, and judge that then the rituals are you know of course they, they do all the rituals um, in a time where people aren't going to see those of course because everything they do is hidden um but they what they do is they uh, will do a lot of the exact same torture that they do in the hospital as far as electrocution um you know um putting you in a room and a lot of sacrifice and things like that and see if you split off um see if uh, you're able to remain kind of in that denial state because they want the denial to be the strongest it can possibly be because then they don't have to fear be, ever being exposed. Right. Um, unfortunately, you know, God's bigger. Not Unfortunately for them, unfortunately for us and for me and uh, uh-huh. for uh-huh. the truth, uh, God is God is much stronger than Amen. all of that. Well, and he is. And, okay, now I want to ask this question, just so people can get a grid for this. Um, you are one person. They, they put you through programming in a hospital for four years, 
but that was only the beginning. If 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 you had to do a guesstimation on how much money was invested into your programming alone, just a guesstimation, what would you say? I would say millions. Um, I mean, the reason I say that, too, is because all of the time, I mean, it's a daily. It's, this is a very planned, uh, strategic, it's not just a, you know, I'm going to go to a ritual and torture someone and, uh, you know, these events once, twice a year. This is every single day. Um, and then until when I got free, which was 31. So, uh, yes, I would say millions of dollars. I know that's true. And, and, and uh, folks, this is, this is, let me just say this, uh, the enemy well, they are pursuing their agendas very intentionally, and they're not sparing <laughs> any expense, in, especially when it comes to those that they intend to use in very high-level ways. And um, we're only scratching the surface today, Hope, because we're beginning the telling of your story, but things go far beyond uh, what we're going to be able to get to today in, in recounting some of the things. But, um, you know, we're laying the foundation. Now, uh, after you got out of the hospital at four, I mean, did you begin to go through the um, the external appearance of a normal life, kindergarten, first grade, second grade, in a community, normal people are actually around you, or were you in a bubble of Illuminati control the whole time? I was actually, I mean, on the surface, just in everyday to people, it would look as though I had just a, a regular life. But everyone that surrounded me was a programmer or a victim. I was not allowed to be in the presence of anyone that was not. Um, um, I, um, it, it, you know, as far as out in the open, it would appear as though I had, you know, friends or people around me but it was every bit of it every single second was controlled um you know the the town was a german town here you know in the u.s uh, it was named after a german city and it um all of it was very strategically planned um you know it there, there wasn't a moment that wasn't wasn't controlled by them uh, again, you know, they've invested millions of dollars, so um, they're going to make sure that their investment, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, does exactly what it's supposed to do. Wow. So moving forward, um, since you weren't allowed to be around anyone that wasn't a victim or a programmer, what was your experience with other children, um, you know, five, six years old in that range? Well, I mean, as far as with other children, the, um, the only children I, were, I was allowed to be around was other victims. So they would put, you know, we would be in rituals together. Um, they would always pit us against each other. 
And the whole point for that was that um, how we wouldn't even trust each other because um, what if you had two people that, oh, I, we have the same, you know, if some memories started coming back and you found out somebody else had memories started coming back. Um, so they made sure 100% that we had no one that we could, you know, would think we could trust or that. Uh, so there was always animosity on purpose. Um, for example, you know, they would um, put us in a room together and they would say, she told me that um, you killed someone today. And, you know, I said, no, I, you know, I didn't. And, but then, of course, I'd be freaking out that I did and, or, you know, that maybe I did and because they'd set all that groundwork and then they would come back in the room and said, uh, you know, that, well, they said they just made that up. So then there would be a fear and uh, a fear of them and anger towards them, just no one that you could trust. Nothing, nothing solid, nothing tr- trustworthy. Um, the, the people are, you know, <laughs> unfortunately, the, the church, they, they facilitate a lot of this on, on accident. It's, it's not at all their fault, but um, the evil people, they specifically program us around um, scripture, you know, read scripture and be tortured at the same time and twist every word. Um, and so then, you know, unfortunately the church kind of, they'll say the same things or say the, say a word. Um, so there really wasn't anybody that we could trust or anything we could run to. And even God was something that, um, just wasn't safe at all. And I, I know that's true as well. And I, I'll tell you what, um, there are a number of people that have even mentioned that their programmers or handlers would carry around and regularly read the Bible to figure out ways to twist the word of God into oh, yeah. manipulation um, in order to use it in, in, under occult methods. And... Furthermore, I, I've had people that came back to me and told me, yeah, you know, they would have me read passages or just have someone read passages and verse by verse go through and get tortured the whole time. And mm-hmm. that it, it it's extremely difficult to come to God as a source of healing if everything surrounding your experience with his word is torment. Um, and I would say, you know, there are some people that come to me and say, well, Daniel, every time I go to read the Bible, the only thing that happens is my brain goes fuzzy and I fall asleep or I I just can't do it. Um, or, you know, I forget everything that I just heard. And I would say, well, that may be related to this type of programming and they love to do that. And, and I, I also call it religious programming mm-hmm. where they take concepts that could sound scriptural and um, they know with certain denominations, those are absolutely going to be pioneered from the pulpit 
And so Survivor sits down in church and all of their programming gets reinforced. And that's right. where it's not even done on purpose because you go to a seminary and they're going to teach the Word of God a certain way. I know that I've had to break away personally from a lot of religious thinking and presupposition as God's had me on my journey, a lot of the reason why is because you get into deep work, you realize there are certain philosophies on the Word of God that just are not true. And uh, then you realize what is true and what does bear fruit. And then you realize, wait a minute, what wasn't true actually becomes a program reinforcing concept. Exactly. And, you know, you know, of course, um, I'm sure you've talked with a lot of the survivors. I mean, they dress up like Jesus. They rape you. Um, they dress up like Jesus and they, you know, say, I hate you or do the torture. So um, in your mind, well, you know, Jesus is doing this to me mm-hmm. too. Um, so, and then, you know, as far as for me with the Bible, they pretty much said, you know, God loved the Bible. Everything that about evil people is about you in the Bible. Um, because it, none of the good stuff pertains to you because your DNA isn't like ours. So um, it, none of the good stuff was for you. Anything that talks about the evil people and how God's going to destroy them, that's what, you know, is for you. So, you know, then when you go into a church and you hear that, you think, well, you know, mm-hmm. I'm the one that they're preaching against right now because I'm the one that they know I'm evil. And yes. they, you know, so it's uh, sad that um, they've done that, but they did that specifically so because they they know the power that God has, and they know the power that the church can have. It's just that they're not aware, you know, they're not aware of what's going on. So, mm-hmm. um. Because they're not aware, then they use those things against them. And that's one of the things that I have found to be uh, one of the biggest ways religious programming gets reinforced is through shame and condemnation preached from the pulpit. You know, there are some groups in Christianity that feel basically if you preach really hard against sin— and there's nothing wrong with preaching against sin, but in such a way as to make people feel totally shamed, totally guilty, totally condemned, not worthy to be in any kind of degree of closeness to God's presence if they so much as, you know, um, look left for three three seconds too long. I mean, it's it, it, it really piles on this... this uh, <laughs> People are forcefully distanced from God, who is the source of their healing. And if a person is a survivor, they're only reinforced in that shame, saying, you know what, I am the scum of the earth. I hate this reduced gospel idea, Hope, that we are no good, low-down, yeah. worthless sinners saved by grace. That, that to me, reinforces programming. My Bible says, I have it become is, the exactly. righteousness. Yeah, it says I have become the righteousness of God in Christ. My positional righteousness in Christ is established not because of what I've done, but because of what he did. And my walk of sanctification with him is going to bring me into ever-increasing degrees of ability to reflect that into the natural. It's not about white-knuckling this Christianity thing and being guilty and shamed all the time. 
and, and but there's a lot of groups that I've found that will do that. And they think, you know, well, people are getting holy by being condemned. And it's like, in my opinion, people are putting on a mask and pretending like they can fit in, you know? So exactly. I, I, I have found that, the, go ahead. No, I, I just, I think you're exactly right. And what I've found to be true on my journey for healing is that God has been very clear. I mean, Papa God has been very clear that he wants me to really be careful on what I listen to and um, because not everybody has had that revelation of, you know, of genuine grace. And unfortunately, you know, they don't even realize it, but they're actually reinforcing the programming um, when it's just like condemnation and condemnation and condemnation because that's exactly what the evil people do. It's just constantly telling you what you did wrong, constantly telling you to look at what you did wrong. Um, and there's no power in that. Um, I mean, the Lord has just really shown me that the power and the, the true genuine freedom that he's given me is really him showing me who I am, even deeper than the DNA, you know, that I'm his girl and I am... Um, I'm strong and that I, you know, I'm pure and um, sometimes my my actions may not show that, but at the core of who I am, that is who he created me to be. And I, I think there's, unfortunately, I, even outside of all the things that I've been through, there's a lot of um, unwilling or not not knowing that they're kind of programmed people to think a certain way um, because of their woundedness or you know um, I, I do know I, I do know that there are pastors that are planted specifically to continue that um, thinking mm-hmm. um, I'm if by no way saying that all of them are that way some are just very speed but there are they do specifically plant uh, pastors that are aware of what's going on and, and to facilitate that thinking on and on because it's really going to keep the, the church numb down and not living in the full potential of who they are. Wow. Now, let me ask you this. Um, as you were going through this stuff uh, early on in you know the hospital years and maybe immediately after, was there ever a point or maybe several points where you felt like there was an actual intervention from heaven where you felt like God broke through the darkness and said, let me just remind you, I have a plan for your life and you're going to get through this. Yeah, I can, um, early on, um, not as much, but I did, there are a couple huge, times and then as I um, throughout my journey I can definitely see his hand on all of that um, I do remember I honestly think I was probably very very young um, maybe three um, and I was screaming and screaming because they kept telling me to scream and ask Jesus to help me. 
um, and I was screaming and screaming and screaming for him to help me. And then, you know, of course, nothing will happen. And they would just say, you know, laugh and say, well, he's not here and, you know, he's not going to help you and he put you here and just on and on just to cause uh, more pain. But I remember specifically, it was very dark and all of a sudden all the lights came on, like, and nobody had turned the lights on. Um, and I know without a doubt that that was the Lord because even not even honestly knowing who he was or anything at that time, I just remember knowing that he had responded, you know, like there wasn't hmm. anything he could do right that at that moment that it was like a way of planting genuine hope in me that he was there. Um, cause I, just by the response, I was thinking, you know, by the response on their faces, even though they would say opposite, you know, like, oh, we did that, you know, I just, in my, I just knew that that was God showing me, you know. Mm. Wow. And he was there. Um, mm-hmm. another time, um, that I think of, um, I'd never been outside before, and when they were bringing me out of the hospital, I remember seeing, seeing a little, like, yellow flower on the ground, and just seeing the outdoors, and, like, thinking... There's, you know, there's got to be something else. You know, there's got to be something different. And I don't know if they, they must have seen that on my face. There must have been something in them that saw this, like, flicker of genuine hope, you know, or something. Mm-hmm. Um, just Or the demons, you know, that they gave themselves to. Um but they took it and ripped it up and said, you know, you don't get to look at that because, you know, God didn't make that oh for you. That's gosh. just for us. But it's like I knew in my heart and my spirit that there was something else, you know. And I, those are two major things I can think of, you know, early on. Um, but, well, you know, he, he was showing me... <laughs> Let me ask you this. Hope, do you think there is any way you could be sitting here talking to me now apart from the interventions of Jesus Christ? I can tell you 100% there's absolutely no way that I'm in my right mind or that I'm alive without you know, him intervening. <laughs> There's absolutely no way. Um, I would not be here without his genuine love and his showing me that, you know, he's, he's genuinely good and that he's not like them. And he, it's like each day is showing me that I can be free and, uh, just, getting to know who he is yeah I mean there he's all there is really for me I mean he's um I'm just so grateful and I wanna, he 
that's me. <laughs> Amen. You know, you refer to him as Papa God. There's mm -hmm. a lot of endearment in that um, when you say it that way. How did God's revelation to you as being Papa God come? Well, I believe, um, you know, I mainly, because of what I went through, saw him as like this evil, like trying to destroy me, you know, if I made a wrong move. And honestly, what comes to my mind is, um, you know, God showed me that he, he had asked like thousands of people to help. And that's why it hadn't, why I didn't get free until I was 31. Mm. Um, but finally there were people that said yes. And they took me in and they, um, gave me a car and gave me a place to live and gave me a job and even in seven years um, that's a whole nother long story they continued to love me um, and after knowing my story and a lot, whole lot more to that uh, which would take another long time <laughs> to explain <laughs> but they just I mean like, they just um for the first time in my life, I could say that maybe somebody would care about me if I made a mistake, you know, like if mm -hmm. I wasn't perfect. And so that laid the groundwork. And then from there, I had a, um, an amazing um, papa, spiritual papa, mm -hmm. that really showed me what it's like to be accepted um, and to be called like someone's daughter. Um, and so I think in all of that, the Lord showed me his acceptance and, you know, his, um, kindness and like his genuine love, like, and he's still showing me every single second of every day, but like, it's not based on what I do. And, um, I think all, all with all of that and just, you know, with all this, you know, of course I was alone all my life and then in all this, it's not like it's a conversation you have every day with somebody. Um, so it can be very lonely at times. So he's who I talk to, you know, so he's my best friend. That is absolutely beautiful hope. And, and, you know, I think we're just going to end on that note, you know, guys, uh, Hope has a lot more to talk about, and we're going to be um, going through her story. Uh, and this is just the first installment of things she'll be sharing with us over time. Um, but let me tell you something, uh, just like many of the survivors, as a matter of fact, every survivor I've ever had on this program, uh, the intervention of the true Lord Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach, who has come in the flesh, is evident. Um, he's the one that's doing this work that is overcoming impossible obstacles to get people set free because he loves us. He loves humanity. There, as a matter of fact, the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe on him would not perish, but have everlasting life. And, um, you know, folks, if you have not made a decision for Jesus, I, I just cannot encourage you enough 
to do that. And, you know, I don't do this with every program. Um, I certainly do it at every service at the Fireplace Church or 95% of them. But, you know, if you're listening to this and after hearing Hope and what she said at the outset of her story and you are just thinking, man, you know, Yeshua, Jesus, you, you, you must be the solution that I've been waiting for. I want to know you. I want to encourage you to repeat after me because, you know what, making a decision for him is as easy as a conviction in your heart and a confession with your mouth that he is Lord, according to Romans 10, 9. And so I want to encourage you to pray with me right now to connect with a God, the God of the universe that has unconditional love, that has acceptance that has redemption, healing, and restoration awaiting you? Just repeat after me and say, Father God, I come before you in the mighty name of Jesus, and I confess that, yes, I have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I believe that Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach, is the Son of God, that he was born of a virgin, that he died for my sins, and that on the third day he was raised from the dead. I believe this Lord Jesus Christ, and I thank you for forgiving me for my sins. I receive cleansing by the blood of Jesus and true Lord Jesus. I pray that you would come into my life to be my Lord and Savior and to live your life in me and through me from now on. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving me. Amen. You know, Hope, um, I just want to thank you so much for being so brave to begin telling your story on my program publicly and for continuing to take the journey that you have taken with God um, and to not back away from full healing and restoration in him. Are there any final thoughts that you have before we conclude this program? I just want to thank you, Daniel. I mean, you're an answer to prayer, um, you know, I'm just grateful that the Lord is truly raising up people that are willing to take the step, which it's not an easy step at all, but to believe the truth of what's going on and to help people um, to get free. And I know without a doubt that he will give back a million followed for those that choose to do that. And, um, I'm just thankful for him answering those prayers and for, you know, just thankful for you. That is very sweet, Hope. Thank you for that. Folks, that's the program today. Until next time, you've been listening to Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall. God bless and Godspeed. Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall is the premier radio program designed to center you on the kingdom of God, to equip you with faith in Jesus Christ, and to unveil the truth behind the lies. This program has been a production of Bride Ministries. You can find us at 
www.bridemovement.com. At our website, you can contact us, access resources, and support us with donations. We need partners in order to continue to produce our vision, which is to promote unity in the body of Christ worldwide and assist in the creation and development of sheep nations. Partner with us and be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Until next time, God bless and Godspeed.